Sit right down and I'll show you where my dreams began. I'm Michael Dugan, your culinary host, guiding you through the chef's journey. Join me at the chef's table where you'll experience stories, secret sauces, signature dishes, and kitchen disasters. Today on the show, I want you to meet a special guest and my friend, Andy LaRusso, the singing chef. He's Italian, he's an epic recording artist, and he's a chef. In part one, we are immediately immersed into Andy's world and learn what it's like growing up in an Italian-American family. We follow him along and discover how he combined singing and cooking at an early age. He shares how being on the Donnie and Marie show elevated his career. Pull up a virtual seat at our chef's table as we connect with celebrity chef Andy LaRusso. Andy, welcome to the show. Ciao, Michael. Thank thank you so much. What a season we're having. Isn't this great? Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, there's so much love in the air and of course the smell of so much good cooking, good food. Oh man, I'm just I'm just so turned on. But what could I say? My whole life has been turned on by by food and by people like yourself and 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 people who just give 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 so much of their time and support the world which is what it's all about. Yay. I know I have to agree with you and you know Clubhouse is a place where we met and we became friends really quick. In fact, I asked if you would sing at my wife's birthday party. And when you said yes, I couldn't believe it. I barely even knew you. And you, and you were like, sure. Well, it was that. virtual, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thank you for that. And, oh, you're and welcome. thanks again. Andy, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in your family. I was very fortunate uh, to be able to have both of my grandparents on both sides, my father's side and my mother's side. Uh, my mother's side came from Sicily and my father's side came from Potenza, which is Basilicata, which is just above Calabria, which is in the south of Sicily, of Italy. And so I grew up with both of the cultures, uh, both of the regional ideas and of cooking, so on and so forth. Of course, my grandmother, Grace, my mother's mother would make all the Sicilian specialties, usually around the holidays, Christmas, especially Easter, and and sometimes uh, we would we would also go there for New Year's Eve. She would make all the specialties that she bought over recipe wise from Sicily that I tried to put as much cookbook sing and cook Italian. On my grandfather's side, my grandfather didn't cook on my father's side, but my dad cooked. My get my dad did a lot of cooking in the home. He was a, a veteran home from the war. My mom worked a lot, got some of the recipes from my dad. And I put those in my second cookbook in 2017, uh, Sing and Cook with Andy LaRusso, continuation of the singing chef, so to speak. So growing up in that, in that family tradition, we always shared family picnics every year. The family would grow. You would see the photograph. Somebody had 
two babies or more. And, uh, and when you go, went down to my grandma's kitchen, you would always see, see these photos from the year before on the wall. And as the family grew, it was larger and larger and larger. Oh, wow. Uh, the connect, the connection was very strong as it is still to this day. Or oh, some of them are, are in heaven now, but, uh, it was yeah, a wonderful sure. experience. It was very enriching to live with my grandparents or, 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 or at least know my grandparents growing up. And it was a really, really a key, key experience for me today as what I do as, you know, a singing chef. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Did you travel at all as, as a kid or did you stay in one place? No, pretty much stayed, stayed in one place. I, I, at the same time, I rode my bicycle a lot, uh, around, uh, New Jersey where I was raised. Uh, Newark, New Jersey, Valesburg specifically. Uh, but no, I, I didn't really travel. The only traveling we did was during the summer months where it was very humid. My dad, mom, and I and my brother, we would get in, in our Chevy. I don't forgot what year it was. And we would drive up to our country cabin, so to speak. It, was, it wasn't even a home. It was a cabin with, at that time, no running water. But it was a good, you know, an hour and a half away. That was sort of like a family trip, which was okay. wonderful. Uh, so that that's pretty much. Oh, of course, I, I. How could I forget the Jersey Shore? Oh <laughs> yes, of we course. We went to the Jersey Shore, and my grandma Grace and my grandpa, uh, they would usually rent a house for a month or two. And, uh, of course, she'd be cooking all day meatballs, and we've had spaghetti, you know, ravioli and, and, and brajol, beef meat and veal and things she would cook for us. Oh, you're making me hungry. Pastas. So that's, you know, the Jersey Shore was a wonderful experience for me, swimming there in the Jersey Shore, walking the boardwalk, eating the sausage and pepper sandwiches, the Norris soft ice cream and the pizzas. Uh, and that was really ingrained in me, uh, you know, pre-teenage years, uh, okay. uh, you know, going down the Jersey Shore uh, with my mom and dad and my brother. Kate, yeah, my brother would join us, too, and, and staying with my grandma from Sicily down there. That was wonderful. So those are the trips that I took. <laughs> I lived in Jersey as well. Ah, what part? Basking Ridge, which was a small town outside of Morristown, New Jersey. Wow, yeah, yeah, I, I remember. I took several trips to the Jersey Shore. It was very, very memorable. So moving on, as you grew up, it seems like you developed a, an affinity to singing and cooking. And I see from research that you were an epic recording artist. You've also, as you said before, you've authored several cookbooks and you've traveled all over the world in your career. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. The singing actually came naturally. When I came out of the womb, my mouth was wide open and I was going, ha ah, And my mother <laughs> said, you better feed this kid. You know, he's going to be a singer. My family, uh, especially on my mom's side, they were all musical. My uncle Phil, who I was confirmed by, uh, named after Philip, uh, was a musician as well as a barber. And he would play on weekends in bands. And uh, he was one of my inspirations. My mom bought my uncle's first guitar he gave me. And I started on guitar, always singing, always doing something singing. You know, my brother was uh, invited to the Metropolitan Opera uh, before he got married uh, to 
audition for the Metropolitan Opera. He was, he was a baritone. And so he sang, he would sing at home, my uncles, my cousins, accordions at the family picnics. Uh, I would play a snare drum and a sock cymbal some, most of the time. At family picnics, we had an upright bass, cello, guitars, uh, cymbals, things like that. So there was um, harmonica. My dad played harmonicas. So there was always something going on musically, especially at family gatherings. Uh, and then I started, uh, as I grew during pre-high school years, standing on the street corners and listening to uh, groups similar to Frankie Valley. although he was there, he wasn't necessarily standing on a street corner. Right. But listening to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons as they grew in their notoriety, uh, having people, uh, we would go under the uh, tunnels and sing with the echo, uh, singing on the street tunnels, under the streets, going into the parks, and always singing something, but mostly a cappella, chiming up with our, you know, the groups up by the candy stores, uh, and, you know, having the girls around and, and listening to us and chewing the bubble gum and uh, drinking the Yoohoo chocolate sodas. And that that's how I grew up. And uh, over the years, good friends of mine um, started bands and they had instruments. So we decided to start a band and we started to play at, uh, you know, hops for high schools, possibly some colleges. Then I had a, a band that I was traveling with uh, to Union City, New Jersey. And one of the managers really liked my voice. And he says, hey, come here, you know. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to a uh, a writer that is working with Leslie Gore, who had a hit on the charts called It's My Party. He's looking for talent to introduce to Epic Records. So he introduced me to this gentleman. His name was John Gluck. And I went to New York, auditioned for him and sang a few songs. He took me over to Epic Records. I met uh, one of uh, two of the top writers at the time, uh, Linzer and Randell, who were on the charts with... Uh, the um, the toys lovers concerto they took the lovers concerto oh. put music you put words to it and the toys they were probably on top ten uh, 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 and they um, uh, wanted to find more artists so they had Gary Puckett in the Union Gap at that time starting out and they gave me a few songs one of which was recorded by Brazil sixty six they gave me Fool on a Hill which was written for basically about Maharishi, who was also my teacher of meditation, Maharishi Mashyogi, fool on a hill, sees the sun going around with the eyes in his head, sees the world spinning around. They gave me that to learn. They also gave me Young Girl, which was eventually recorded by Gary Puckett in the Union Gap. The vocalists that were on the charts at the time were B.J. Thomas, Hooked on a oh, feeling. Oh, I loved him. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Hooked on a feeling. And also um, oh. Tom Jones. They heard my voice as a similar solo artist, a tenor, sing a very powerful voice. So they gave me a couple R&B songs to sing. And we, we chose a stage name, Palmer Jones, on my record at the time with Epic Records. And I went into the studio and I recorded The Great Magic of Love. And Dancing Master, which was the B-side. And then I started to do high school hops and radio hops, traveling around New Jersey and the Tri-City area, singing that. I had some radio play. 
Uh, we oh, had wow. a, a 25, no, let's see, 20 piece orchestra musicians with one of the top arrangers that came over from Atlantic Records to do the studio date. And it was wonderful. I mean, I was really flying high. It was uh, in the. What, what age were you at the time? Uh, I don't remember my age specifically. I was, sure. was pre 20s, yeah. but it was really a wonderful experience for me to be appreciated for my voice. And to see the process of how these recording sessions at the time, especially Atlantic Records, they had, you know, Aretha Franklin was just starting out. Oh, my gosh. Um, the Four Tops. Uh, I mean, all, all the Motown was just starting to come up. So Epic Records really wanted a Motown sound. And if people listen to my um, song, The Great Magic of Love, they will hear that Motown beat on both sides of the song. Uh, that they wanted to create. Unfortunately, it didn't, you know, become a big, big seller, but it certainly was a long, you know, learning experience for me at the time, having my first record out. Uh, it was really exciting. Wow. Yeah, that that is a really amazing story. From singing to cooking, how did that transition come together and how did that create the recipe for success for your career? Receive $10 off your next purchase with Voices for Chefs 10. You don't know what to make for dinner again? You want to explore new cuisines, but you don't have time? What if you have new inspirations and we provide you with ingredients and recipes? We know you want to travel, learn new foods, explore the world, but life's responsibilities keep getting in your way. What if you can bring those experiences to your home neatly packed into a box? Lady Boot Collective is a subscription service that finds real people from around the world to create beautifully curated assortments of recipes, ingredients, and cultural content. Not only do we include cultural ingredients, but also a set of detailed recipe cards with instructions on how to use them. Each box also has a QR code that when scanned takes you to tons more global exploration to immerse yourself in. Everything from film to lifestyle, art to history, it all can be found here. Live your life to the fullest. Subscribe now and don't miss out on the next cultural adventure. Lady Boot Collective. Always exploring. Well, Michael, the eating has always been a big part <laughs> oh, yeah. of my growing up in an Italian-American family. I mean, there pretty much wasn't a day we didn't have something that was homemade, fresh. We always had the vendor was always around on the corner with a fresh fruit and vegetable cart. Oh my gosh. And if, you know, if the garden wasn't blooming, which sometimes it was, but being in New Jersey, you know, we had the winters and grandma would can or jar things. But during the summertime, these vegetable vendors were always there. And, you know, we're talking back then, Everything was mostly organic. I mean, now, of course, it's certified organic, you know, blah, blah, but everything was fresh right out of the garden. And the vendors would come around with the carts. We would have the milkman. Oh, man, the milk was so creamy and rich. And they would put the couple bottles, uh, maybe one bottle of chocolate, two bottles uh, regular milk on the back porch in the little container that, that the milk jars fit in. And we'd open up and get this fresh milk that had the cream on the top. We had the garden. We always had the Jersey beefsteak tomatoes growing, the lettuces, of course. And my other uh, uncle had uh, the eggplants. So we would always have the fresh food uh, that was available abundantly, especially during the summer. 
So we were always doing something, whether it was uh, at my grandmother's house, which she was a big inspiration for me with my first cookbook, Sing and Cook Italian, seeing her, how mm. she prepared everything fresh, how she made the sauces. Uh, I tried to get her take on the sauces and the fennel sauce, one of my sauces, as much as I could from what I remember her doing in front of the stove and what the San Marzano tomatoes, the Italian tomatoes, some of the homemade sauces that she put in, the chili, the hot chili flakes, uh, peppers, um, you know, the garlic, the, the extra virgin olive oil, um, the meats that she put in it and try to get that into my uh, grandma's sauce and the fennel sauce that I have now. That's pretty much how it is, how it went. The whole thing was, you know, inspired again by being close to my family, close to my grandparents and eating fresh food as much as possible. No, no frozen, very few frozen things we got at the time. That really inspired me, uh, you know, in my career to, to look up uh, some of my grandma's recipes and trying to capture some of that magic that she she made for us, especially with the Italian cookies and the cakes, as as we were talking about. Oh, definitely. The recorded oh cheesecake and some of the uh, the sfiadels uh, are in my cookbook, my first cookbook and my second cookbook uh, that that uh, she would make, and 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 the cookies covered with honey and figs. What is a sfiadel? Sfiadel. It's it's sfiadel. Yeah, sfiadel. Okay. It's really. It's basically similar to, it's like a phyllo dough lightness. Okay. Uh, and it's filled with a sweet ricotta with orange zest and maybe citrons with eggs uh, and then baked right into this shell that looks like a clam. Okay. And, and it's very flaky. And you roll it out in a sheet, and then you fill it with the ricotta, and then you cut it into these little um, clam-shaped, triangular, if you will, shapes. And then you bake them, and you put powdered sugar on them. Shvoyadel, yeah, it's very Neapolitan, actually, from Naples. But grandma used to make it also. And it was a wonderful, wonderful treat. Wow. See, now... I knew scheduling this around lunchtime would be a mistake because now I am so hungry for your food, Andy. <laughs> Going along in your career, you just become an epic artist and you're thinking about how much you love cooking and you blend the two together. Did you come up with any kind of fork in the road as you were going along the journey where you were just not doubting yourself, but you had some kind of struggle that you had to overcome? What had happened was after my first cookbook came out, I just wanted to do more of what I've been doing. A wonderful transition that happened was I was still doing some gigs, so to speak, uh, musically, and then was traveling to do an Italian festival because my first cookbook had come out. And I had gotten a call uh, from one of the segment producers on the new Donnie Marie show that was being that was being filmed, uh, taped in, in uh, Sony Studios down in Los mm. Angeles. So I talked to them. They talked to me. We worked out something. I went down to Sony, drove down to Sony Studios. That's where I was living in Santa Barbara anyway, so it was relatively close by. And uh, we did um, Sing and Cook Italian, which is uh, basically using the 
tune to Funikali Funikala, which is a uh, public domain song, and putting the recipes or the ingredients to it. And that became a big smash for the Donnie Marie show. And then they invited me out to, back to do Sing and Cook Mexicana and Sing and Cook French. Uh, but oh that gosh. was a real big turning point. There was a fork in a row. It was something that showed me that I was on the right path, Michael. It showed me that I was doing what I was supposed to be doing in life and giving others, not only myself, so much joy, uh, especially Italian-Americans, but everybody you know that came here that had grandparents like I did that came here with pretty much nothing, looking for a better life in, in, this, in this country um, for their children. So that really, to me, was a very big inspiration when I was asked to work with Donnie Marie Osmond on on that show. Uh, It was really a a nice pat on the back for me saying, you're on the right path, buddy. Keep it up. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I grew up with them and they were such an inspiration as a child to dream and to think about you could do anything. They were so welcoming to the guests and to the audience. There was just so much energy between the two of them. I always remembered that. I'm really glad that you had that opportunity. That, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was a blessing for sure for me. And Voice for Chefs is really about giving chefs a voice. And as a celebrity chef, I think that you are truly a voice for chefs. Thank you so much, uh, Michael. And I do want to say thank you so much for, for coming to my wife's Carrie's surprise party and and you let us in song and she's still singing that's amore every day <laughs> with a lot of expression i might add yay yeah did you want to share a song just a little riff or anything let's do uh, this one well this song really nails it all because as we know what keeps it all together is love And this song was written for uh, Dean Martin uh, in the movie with Jerry Lewis called The Caddy. And I always start all my live shows off with this song, which everybody knows the world, all over the world, the words too. So you're ready to sing along? Here we go. And get everybody singing along, creating the mood goes into the food. In Napoli, where love is king, where boy meets girl, here's what they sing. Now let's nail it all. Sing along with the singing chef. Here we go. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a more. Bravo. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's a mo- never too much good red wine. <laughs> Bells will ring a ting a ling a ling a ting a ling a ling, and you'll sing a vita bella. Hearts will play, hearts will play tippy tippy tay tippy tippy tay like a gay tarantella. One of my favorite dances. When the stars are making you drool, just like my pasta vizzoul. Oh, I love pasta vizzoul. you got to try my recipe. When you walk down the street with the cloud at your feet, you're in the... When you walk in a dream, oh yeah. When you walk in a dream, but you know you're not dreaming, senor. Here we go. 
Scusa me, but you see, back in Napoli, that's amore. Beautiful. That's it. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> wow, Andy, I can't wait to share this episode across the globe. That'd be great, Michael. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing with Voice for Chefs. All the chefs all over the world are going to hook up with you and share their stories and their passion and, of course, their recipes. Uh, it's just going to be a fabulous, fabulous year that we're blessed with God and good health and good friends. Amen. 2022. Here we come. As we wrap up the show, do you have any special message for us and how can we support you and the community at large? Well, I think at this point in my life, at this point in my career, and now that I have my, my sauces out uh, on my website, and hopefully to be in local stores all over the country, I'm working on that. Um, the fact of the matter is a sale of the portion, portion of the sales go to the Sonia Medical Research Foundation in Chicago to help find a cure. So I, I guess it's, telling people more about having people experience uh, my sauces, ordering them, enjoying them, sharing with their people, creating a community around the cooking experience, using my sauces and the recipes, some of which are on my website, uh, because every, every jar, every case, uh, every three-pack, six-pack, 12-pack uh, that's sold, there will be a portion go, going to help find a cure for this disease that's been around a long time called dystonia. At this point in my career, I would encourage people uh, to share with other people the possibility, especially around the holidays, uh, whether it's February that's coming up for Valentine's Day, whatever it might be to give a gift, uh, which keeps on giving in terms of, uh, you know, getting those sauces and really enjoying them at the same time, being able to give back and hopefully find a cure. And on your site, too, you have so many recipes that you can use those sauces with. Yes, there, there are suggested recipes for sure. Uh, if one is stuck, they can just go to singingchef.com and uh, they, they can enjoy right out of the jar, fresh home cooked uh, flavor with uh, no MSG and all natural ingredients and just very flavorful, flavorful tastes of, of my pasta sauces for sure. And singingchef.com is a really great website. There's so many stories there. There's recipes. There's all kinds of information that will entertain and educate you. Stay tuned and follow Andy's amazing journey. Part two, magic in the kitchen with the singing chef. As we travel around the world with Andy and learn how his career took shape and how he met Sting, Emeril Lagasse, and Julia Child. Thanks for joining us today. Follow us on Facebook. Find our website in the show notes. Subscribe on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. Leave a comment with five stars. And stay tuned for the next episode of Voice for Chefs. 